Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of the me-suite, we're going to take a slightly different twist. We're going today to be talking to Nicole Cohen, She is a managing director at one of the world's top consulting companies, and she's been focused in life sciences there for over 20 years. Yes, and she is an improv comedy actor and guru bringing those lessons and activities to the workplace, to leadership teams, showing how the rules of improv improve us both in the workplace and in our own personal lives. She is working on a book on this very topic, so I hope we have her back when the book is ready. And basically, Nicole just makes work more fun. Welcome, Nicole Cohen. Oh, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Donna. That What a great intro. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. We're going to have a good time. And I wish we were together in person. We could have turned this into a little improv session, but we'll have to stick to the script. Let's start with your core values, Nicole. What are they and how do you use them to guide key decisions in your life? Oh, absolutely. I love that question. I'm going to I'm gonna boil it down to three for fear of, of uh, going on and on. Uh, the first one, which is a little bit of a cheat because I've put three in one, which uh, I refer to as Living with integrity, respect, and stewardship. Another okay. IRS, if you will. And honestly, for me, those words are, are they're great words and they're, they're words that a lot of, of folks can, uh, can relate to and, and have reflected in their own core values. For me, those boil down to feeling good about the good I do every day. So back mm-hmm. to your point about guiding decisions, I want to feel good about how I um, interact with the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the respect is being good to those around you right? Treating them with respect, being respectful in situations, even when opinions vary from your own. And, and the stewardship is really paying it forward and taking good care of, of generations or individuals that are, that are around you in your space. So I, I view that as my IRS, if you will. I like yours better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> the second one I call aim to inspire. And uh, this one really encompasses a lot of my leadership style or what I would like to put into my leadership style, which is really inspiring other people, those around me to feel comfortable to, to be the best, to bring the best out of themselves, to share, to participate, to get excited about uh, what we're all doing, the possibilities, to be positive in the current state and, and uh, as well as the possibility for the future. Mm-hmm. I am inspired by so many different things. And I just want to be a part of that and uh, bring that inspiration to other people. Wonderful. And then finally, in my three, which is really like five, <laughs> is, uh, is, um, is to be present in, in what I do. And that, you know, to make thoughtful decisions means that, you, you know, your head's in the game and that you, you really are working through the, the data required to make that decision. You're with people fully listening and understanding that you may not know everything. So really 
being being in that moment to be to get the mo- most out of the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm going to, you know that I have a theater background and I'm seeing some themes here that are going to be bubbling up when you talk about improv. So I'm excited about this. So thank you for giving that so much thought and thinking outside the box to get five core values into three, showing some creativity. Let's jump over to the topic of why. Why this focus of living at the seams of business and improv? It seems like an unlikely combination. Help us get in your head. Absolutely. Oh, it's a scary place, Donna. <laughs> it's a great question. And the funny thing is, to me, it's so, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, not that it should be obvious to everyone, because it shouldn't. But for me, it is, it is so obvious because I have, um, have this theater background. And even before I was in, did improv, just being in theater classes and, and working with the way that you would prepare as an improv actor, those activities that uh, sort of frame the way I you know, interact with, with people in general. So the workplace, just the business world uh, where we work, where we spend so much of our time, I have seen great human interaction. I've seen, you know, amazing human interaction and I've seen eh and I've seen not so good. And when I think about why uh, something might not be working in the business world, um, it tends to come down to the building blocks of the way we interact with each other, Mm -hmm. right? Because so much of the the way we interact leads to how successful a collaboration might be. And that collaboration tends to lead to innovation. So when the building block isn't working and we're not treating each other like humans, and uh, and as I, I will come back to a applying the rules of improv, we are left in a workplace where we might feel not as comfortable to bring the best of ourselves in a moment. And I pause on that and I bring us to improv. And where improv is there, first of all, to debunk a myth, there is a lot of of preparation that goes into improv. It may not be on a script, as you know, right? Mm. It may not be on the writing of a script but it is absolutely in the, in what prepares you as an actor to go up on stage reliant on your own ability to be in the moment to interact with another person on stage and brings and create something and that preparation leads to the confidence the comfort the sharpening of the wit the ability to articulate your thoughts from the back of your brain to what presents itself um, out of your mouth and so that pre- Preparation that goes into improv is absolutely what will take the, those building blocks we were talking about in the business world to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, you mentioned the rules of improv. What are some of the rules of improv? First of all, one of my favorite questions. I'll just probably um, say that in that the the rules of improv, when you hear them, you if you're in the business world, I would hope you immediately see the applicability to how you could bring that rule to life almost in every every meeting, interaction, call, whether it's you know, face-to-face, whether you're with a big group, one-on-one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list a couple okay. that I think are most relevant and can be applied immediately uh, by, by somebody listening to this. And I start with probably the, the number one, and you even mentioned it so far in this call, which is the rule of, of accepting and building upon ideas, also known as the yes and rule. Yeah. And I've seen this in the workplace quite a bit. And it takes a lot of different forms when this rule is broken. When you throw out an idea into a brainstorming session and it's welcomed with, no, that's, that's not going to work here. That's not going to work now. We tried something similar. Yeah. It didn't work. Never 
to work, you know, you've, and, and it does a lot of different things. Number one, that poor little idealit, that baby idea that barely got oxygen yet in the world is completely squashed. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because that idea could have gone, gone somewhere, obviously. You've also potentially stifled the person who shared it. And maybe that person will think twice before sharing something again. And you've also, if there are others in the room that watch that, they're all going to think twice before they share something in the room as well. Yeah, they're thinking, I don't want to be like that guy. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it creates unnecessary fear Mm -hmm. in the workplace versus taking a moment and saying, you know what, it's as whether you're the leader of that uh, brainstorm or just a participant, Mm -hmm. it's worth it to the individual who expressed the idea to just for a moment say, tell us a little bit more about that, how that could work. Or does anyone have anything they could add to that? Or mm-hmm. a little bit more, just a little bit. And I've been challenged, Donna, in, in the yes and rule for the workplace by somebody. And I actually love that she challenged this because she said, it's not always a yes and, Nicole. Sometimes you're going to get a question. You can't yes it away, right? And I said, well, give me an example. And she said, well, for example, I come to you and I say, I would like $50,000 to take the team out to dinner to celebrate this milestone that they achieved. You're going to say yes and that? <laughs> how, yeah. are you gonna, how are you going to move that? And I said, well, it's a great example. Um, I try to find the yes in that question in, instead of no. Mm-hmm. No shuts down everybody. They retreat. And I guess we're not celebrating that milestone. So I will look for the yes. Should we celebrate a milestone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should. Should we bring ideas to the table that would allow us to, to celebrate appropriate to whatever was achieved? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Is a $50,000 party an idea? It is an idea. And we should probably put some more ideas on the table to make sure that we're able to celebrate right. with this team. Yeah, it's a great example, and I love the practicality of helping listeners think about things that we can do differently on Monday. So one example of a rule of improv is is yes and. What's another example? Another one, and I I come back to my one of my core values, mm-hmm. um, which is to be present. Okay, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna create. I wish I was in the room with you because you'd see me, my hands moving, and I'm I'm trying. I, I try to get people to think about the space between you and someone else. Mm-hmm. And I recognize sometimes that someone else is across the table or across a line, right? A phone line, a an internet line. You're you're across an ocean, in fact. But the space between you and another person is a really important place to imagine yourself. Mm -hmm. Because what happens sometimes, first, I'm going to take you through a stage. If you're on the stage, um, an example where you're with another actor and you're trying to improvise a scene and you get a little bit nervous about where it's going, but a scene has to go somewhere. It it can't just be, you know, random sentences that come out of both your mouths. You, You try to figure out there's, you got to work through something, maybe get to a resolution and then you close out the scene scene. That's it. It has, it has some sort of movement to the, to the scene. But sometimes in the scene, you get nervous. Like, I don't know where this is going. Where are we going with this? What's the issue we're dealing with? This isn't funny. People aren't laughing. I heard that guy cough in the back row. Like you get, you get completely sucked right into the back of your head instead of staying in that moment and mm-hmm. being present with that other actor in the situation. And in the workplace, it is exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I, I love 
love giving the example, Donna, and we've all been in these meetings where you thought, you know, you have 60 minutes, you thought you knew exactly where it was going to go. You had a, a well-oiled agenda. You're going to cover these five topics. You pre- prepared slides and everything. And then things don't go right. Mm-hmm. The topic that you had put, you maybe you even sent them ahead, which is great. It turns out actually the person you're meeting with isn't really interested in those topics anymore. They don't have responsibility for those items anymore. Yeah. Um, so you, you, all of that's out the window. Maybe your technology didn't work. Your slides never came up. You, you, you were going to rely on those slides to guide the 60 minutes. And here you are 10 minutes in and you're not sure where to go because everything you had prepared sort of fell apart and yeah. you completely retreat to the back of your head. I don't know where we're going. He's looking at me funny. I had these materials. They're all for none. Nothing's relevant. I'm not sure what to say. Is there going to be another meeting? What are we doing for lunch? Like you're completely sucked out of the moment, completely not present. And now you, and you've made both- me anxious and it's even, it's just a made up scenario and I'm already anxious. I know, right? I know we're all feeling like we need a <laughs> the map. Yeah. But, um, but, but in those moments, jumping yourself, yourself back, thinking about being present, you're not alone in the room on mm-hmm. the call. You're with another human. This meeting eventually will end. You will leave at some point. Mm-hmm. You hang up, it will end at some point. So if, if you're in that case, I always rely on another rule, which is about around being curious. So instead of getting so trapped in the back of your head, and I don't know where I'm going to go with this, and everything has changed, and the circumstances have, have completely been earthquaked, and I, I don't know, remembering that you can, you can still ask a question. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, rarely are we in a monologue, right? Or we expect it to be a monologue at work. So whether you're on stage or you're in a meeting, hey, what is most important to you? What, and I love, you know, what keeps you up at night is sort of the, the, yeah. a, a, nice, a nice question. So, but, but even if it doesn't keep you up at night, it's something that's important to you. It's important to you this year, this quarter, next 30 days, what are some things you really want to get done? And having those questions at your fingertips and just being curious about another human mm-hmm. relaxes the room. It brings you back to that space between you and that other person. Um, and you're more comfortable and, and then ideas can, can come out in a more free flowing way. So I kind of, kind of brought those two rules together, really being present, but mm-hmm. leaning on your curiosity to continue to engage. I love them. They're inspirational, but they're practical and something that we can start doing as early as Monday, which I I love that practicality for the me suite. I do want to ask you to share a story. I am aware that you use rules of improv in the workplace and at home. Can you give us an example to the listeners of how you use improv at home? Oh, my children will love this. (laughs) (laughs) or or, or at least have a good time with it. So I I have two uh, children. I have a husband. They're all amazing in that they, um, well, first of all, they're amazing, full stop. Mm -hmm. But they also definitely participate in uh, improv 101, 201, 301 with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have, I have to reflect back on, uh, on two things, two ways I bring them, bring them to light these rules. The first is yes. And, Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to put my parenting hat. As a parent, it is so easy to say no to Mm -hmm. things that don't, you know, especially I'll just speak for my children and they come up with ideas that are, that are crazy. You know, my, I'll just (laughs) reflecting back on last night, my daughter, there's homework to do. I have some work to do last night. Everybody's doing things um, in the house. And she wanted to make a cheesecake recipe in the microwave that she read online. And And my immediate thought was, no, the kitchen is clean. <laughs> like for once today, like dinner's done, everything's been put away. I don't even know how you make 
cheesecake in a in a microwave. And I, I hate to say this because maybe she'll listen to this, but I I was pretty sure it wasn't going to taste good. I didn't want to say <laughs> that up front, but I'm like, I can't imagine that's going to be a good experience for any of us. And instead, I thought, you know, there's so many times where we have to say no, um, where, you know, they want to start a movie and it's too late and there's something going on the next day, a test or whatever. So there's so many no's that have to be as a parent. So yeah. I really do try to find where, where I could say yes. And that's honestly, she did it. She made the cheesecake. I was so proud of her for looking up the recipe. She basically did it. You know, she put it together on her own. She wanted to pull the ingredients, everything. Did it taste amazing, Donna? No, it didn't. <laughs> did it stick to the bowl for two days? Yes, it did. But, but we left that experience and, and she recognized it wasn't the best uh, cheesecake moment. And she thought, you know, things that she would do differently mm-hmm. uh, with the cheesecake. But I think, you know, we, it was something that was fun. She was excited about it. Yeah. She tasted it, learned from it. So yeah, I try to find ways to bring in yes, which is why it's another one of those easy to, to just kind of shoot back in the forefront of your head when, uh-huh. you're, when you're faced with something that could be a no. Does it need to be a no? Uh-huh. Or could, is this an example of a yes? Or is it an example of a let's just hear more about it and then maybe take a different path, but it wasn't shut down. Yeah. And the other, honestly, is being I play the questions games with my kids all the time because kids are used to, hey, how was school? Good. Uh, what'd you do? Stuff. Well, who did you sit with, you know, lunch? People, you know? And so what I've tried to do is not only expand my own question vocabulary, but also get them to say questions back. And that's how we teach our children to be conversationalists. Ah, all the time that you can ask questions and, and there's a question game where, and I'm sure you know it, Donna, where you just go back and forth with questions and yeah. it's a fun game for kids, but it also reminds us you don't always have to be quick with your answer. You can make sure you're, you're playing the right role in a dialogue. Oh, that's a great example. I love it. So in our last moments together, is there any other me sweet listener wisdom that you have? I, I would. I, you know, when, when I first heard from you the, the me suite concept, I thought, uh, this is a powerful, powerful statement. And, and, here's, and here's why. This is, I sort of tried to break it down in my own head. A company uh, with a C-suite is not guided by having a moving walkway mindset, meaning that you just kind of stand in one place in this conveyor belt just takes you through and your life happens at you. When it moves, you move. When it stops, you stop. What's around you, the pictures, the images, is just what, what it is. You have no control. You're, you're going to look right, left, center. This, this is the world. That, that is not a successful company's mindset. A successful company with its C-suite moves with its own intention and thoughtfulness and attention to the internal and external stimuli that it brings into its view, right? And with an eye towards innovation. So mm-hmm. not even just surrounding with what's around, but, but redefining itself when that makes sense or even before that makes sense, right? Proactively uh, to, to succeed, right, in the future. So to me, this, the, the me-sweet mindset is applying those elements, the best of how a company defines its compass, its roadmap, and its execution, revisiting decisions to yourself. And so when I think about it, this, this um, you know, really living the me-sweet mindset, it means, it means taking a pause mm. in your own life to own your life, mm-hmm. right? 
and uh, using the theater, some of the theater terms, like this is an address rehearsal. We're not going through today and we'll, uh, you know, we'll tweak, tweak, tweak. We'll, we'll get it right. You know, we'll come back to this day and we'll redo it. I mean, it yeah. doesn't work that way. So if, if people feel like they're on this uh, moving walkway, Monday through Friday in particular, um, I would ask them to get off the moving walkway mm-hmm. and, uh, and reflect on the knee sweep, own, own their day, own their life to make it the most. And if you can infuse some of the improv to make human interaction better and ideas better, more power to you. Thank you for being so thoughtful in that answer. I think I need you to be my press agent. You were doing a better job at that than I do. So thank you. Anytime. (laughs) So, Nicole, you're amazing and you make work fun. And obviously you make it home fun too. And I think you've given us some real practical things to think about and to do starting on Monday. I can't wait to have you back when your book is ready. And thank you for spending time with us today. It's my pleasure. This has been a real treat. I'm grateful for this experience. Thanks, Donna. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Suite like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.